Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Roll Film. My name is Greg Painter. I'm here with John Cormany and Jason Quinn. This week, you know, because it's Turkey Day week, we decided that we were going to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Steve Martin and Jonathan Candy rest in so many Reese's Pieces. I don't think his name's Jonathan. I think it's just John. Why don't you shut up, Jonathan? So, quick summary. Um, a Chicago advertising man must struggle to travel home from New York for Thanksgiving with a lovable oaf of a shower curtain ring salesman as his only companion. Classic John Hughes hilarity. Yeah, I didn't realize how many films John Hughes has put his little fingers in. Like, Oh, man. Yeah. Goddamn. Have you ever seen a movie from the 80s? Probably John. If you go to his IMDb, it's just a candy bag of... Uh, nice, dude. There's more coming, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> much to expect Every, you guys are really in for a treat yeah, yeah. Ah, hey, alright guys we we'll are. see you next week thanks for tuning in <laughs> I hope yeah. I don't need insulin after this right I'm gonna so, go take a dump in the John oh, oh. <laughs> here oh. we are you know how I like to nerd out and do the research things and everything, right? So I didn't really realize that this movie was rated R, but I didn't watch it with my kids, so don't worry. I didn't go that that route. I, I just care. Like, I, they're not my kids. Right. <laughs> Ruin them. I would I, watch it with my kids. Yeah. Just they're your Even kids. The, uh, Ruin the them. The rental car scene, you'd be okay with that scene? That was yeah, great. I, I say more I say fuck more times than that in just like everyday conversation. I, I was trying to remember, like, okay, why is this R? Because I saw that, and then that scene came up. I was like, oh. Yeah, they said that because it was all in one scene, that that's why it deemed the R rating. This film was released in 1987. It is rated R. It's an hour and 33 minutes long. The box office numbers, which is my favorite, the, the estimated budget for the entire movie, surprisingly, was only $15 million. Opening weekend, it grossed $7 million. And worldwide to this day, it has grossed almost $50 million. So it's made its money back in tenfold, right? So thought that was really cool. It is cool. And I think it's really hard to make money on a rated R comedy. I, I'm sure it was a little bit easier then. Well, I was going to say that... back then it had to have been harder, right? Because now that's all we really have is these rated R raunchy comedies. Fun fact here. This one's actually a fun fact. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're Steve waiting. Martin only did the movie if that scene was in it. The scene where he says, like, fuck 95 times. That was the reason he agreed to do the film. In order to keep him on the film, it had the hard R rating. There was one other thing, though, that got him to agree to it. There was two things that I read. Was that it to one... have John Candy's hand in between his ass? He's like, I want to method that scene. In between his hands, <laughs> yeah. Full on method. <laughs> The other scene that got Steve Martin on board was the seat adjustment scene. Oh, it's so great. This movie, it reminds me of Tommy Boy a lot. Obviously, this is before Tommy Boy, you know what I mean? So it reminded me a lot of that. And this is the first time I've ever seen it. So I've this was this was like the first time. Oh, uh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. No, yeah, I've never seen it before. So interesting, like, you know, first experience with it. Because for me, I kept thinking the entire time, I'm like, man, none of this movie would happen now. Like, oh, every yeah. problem that they ran into, I was like, I could solve every one of those problems in a second now. You get left behind, boom, I got a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, my cell phone solves almost every aspect of this fucking movie. 
Yeah, and if we're going off of last week's episode, he can just go live on Tic Tac and he'd be saved. That actually brings up a really good point, Jason, and I want to get back to this film really quick when we go, let's go back up to the top of it. But, you know, you say that, but this movie was basically re-released, I don't know, I would say maybe 2006-ish, 2007, under the name of Due Date with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. It's literally the exact copy and paste movie. I do think, again, 2006-2007 isn't 2022 because... I mean, Greg knows how time works. Yeah, no, but... (laughs) It was 2010. I just looked it up. It's 2010 when that movie came out. (laughs) I mean, mean, you don't have this. I mean, I I guess I can't read his mind, but... But, like... It happened yesterday, Jason. (laughs) Not under this corduroy cap, you can't read my mind. I mean, like, a lot of the problems with, like... A lot of those problems could be solved with, like, an Uber and a Lyft, and those types of things did not exist at that time. Are you going to Uber from New York to... No, I'm not saying that. Chicago, a, lot of the, a lot of the smaller things that he had, sure. a lot of the smaller issues that were that added up to the big things, I think you could have solved with like apps nowadays. We start this movie out, right, with Steve Martin in a boardroom and the, his boss is taking a, a ridiculously long time. To what design. a great scene, too. So, I. So good. We go down to the street because he's got to make the six o'clock plane, right? And he's never going to make it at this time. And he's down on the street trying to hail a cab. And then who is his adversary on the streets? Mr. Baconator. The Baconator. Kevin Baconator, which means we now have candy bacon. Nice. Bacon wasn't a nobody when he did this scene, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, Footloose had happened. I don't think Tremors had come out yet, which... What a great movie. Tremors was in the 90s. Early 90s, yes, it was, yeah. The character acting done by both Candy and Steve Martin were really well done because usually Steve Martin, at least up until this point, was kind of the wacky guy, and he kind of played the straight man. You know, he had his eccentric parts. Obviously, he was driven to extreme chaos, and any natural man would freak out like he did. But Candy was so good, you know, lovable, as, as always. But what I really liked is even though he's a big doofus and, and kind of dumb and silly, is that he was still a great salesman when he's selling the shower curtain rings to people in the in the station and just making tons of money. It was so great. That that was such a fun scene to see him, you know, just show his ability Being to in sell. His element yeah, in his element. Yeah, it was really cool. It's a wholesome movie for being rated R, right? Yeah, yeah I sure. agree. There's a lot to like about this movie. Straight man and the buffoon on a road trip. Tried and true. Always going to watch something like that. I love road trip movies. And I don't think this one started it by any means. But I do think it did a really good job of being a wacky, zany, even a risque comedy at times while also being wholesome. The formula works so damn well. But what I do find interesting about these movies is as you get more progressively modern with it. They get way crazier in the stuff. Because, like, the things, like, here where he was, like, puddling him and give him a couple of kisses on the ear, that is kind of, like, one of the more extreme things that happens in here in terms of, like, weird type of, like, ha-ha-ha, he's doing some flirty type weird comedy shit. But, like, they push the envelope a lot more in that type of genre now, where this was like a kiss on the ear nowadays it might be like a whole ass just dick that's just out randomly 
I mean, that's how it's going to always be. I mean, things are going to change in what's okay. I mean, to me, the rating system is totally arbitrary. I think it's made up of like 12 people. It's so ridiculous. I mean, I, I saw this and I was like, yeah, this is our after that one scene. And maybe Steve Martin, you know, really wanted that scene in there because of how family friendly his comedy has kind of always been. And was he ever not old? I don't, I've never seen anything. <laughs> uh, he started Martin. going gray like early 80s. But I agree with Jason 100%. Mindy and I were watching this movie together and she had never seen this movie and she's cracking up you know, like during a lot of the scenes and she mentioned, and it's exactly what I was thinking, which is sidebar why I love her so much. She's like, they can't do this comedy anymore. Nobody gets it. I love this movie. This is now the second time that I've seen Planes, Trains, and I am glad that I rewatched it now as an older person because I'm going to continue to watch it once a year for sure. I like it because look, I've never been through an ordeal like that. I've had flights canceled. I've had cars break down or whatnot and i let out lots of f's when just one of those things happened so i just really liked how that character had lost it like you know he was so calm and just he just was a guy getting to his family messing up every way he tries john candy's like i'm gonna help you i'm a nice guy but you know he's a buffoon he's always messing up but you know when i look back at it even though there were uncomfortable situations and Things didn't always work out. A lot of times it wasn't John Candy's fault. Now, sometimes it was. His character did get Steve Martin home. Spoiler alert. But again, it's John Hughes. Everything always works out. Whoa. I know. I know. <laughs> Steve Martin did such a good job of putting up with a lot because of his situation, his character, at least. I mean, like he just showed the emotion of frustration, but like bottling it down. And then the release of that with all the F-bombs was so well done. It, I'm glad he fought for that scene to be in there. I'm glad John Hughes wrote it. You're right. Like Steve Martin's scene of him being completely unhinged and untethered was perfect for somebody that puts up with so much shit throughout this entire journey until this point. But like the, the kid that comes in and steals all their money, like that is the catalyst for the rest of the fuckery throughout the rest of the movie. Like I love that it's just the switchblade into the lock. Oh, that's how you pick locks, kids. Just get a nice knife and boom, done. Well, well back, back in shitty hotels with that, they get their fucking shower curtain rings from traveling salesmen with trunks. Yeah, sure. I get it. I will say, though, that it, what I think is kind of fucking stupid about this movie is there were two scenes in it where Steve Martin ended up in situations that he should under no circumstances have been in. One, when he's getting out of the car, the, the shower, and only has a washcloth to dry off with, my guy, before you got in the shower, you should have checked to make sure you had some shit to dry off with. Because then he opens the door to the shower like he was already in there, and then he gets out and the bathroom looks like that. Nah, motherfucker, you went in there when the shit looked like that. Like you didn't, you could have fucking figured that out for yourself. And then when he finds the underwear, the socks or whatever in the in the thing, and he's all shocked by that, you could have looked, you could have opened your eyes and seen all of that before you put underwear on your face. Yeah, that part I didn't understand either. I thought maybe I missed something, but because of your reaction to this, like I didn't. Like obviously, anybody getting into that shower would have noticed the ransacked bathroom and then the socks within the drain you know the scene following yeah. uh like yeah i didn't understand that at all well you know the thing about that is this is a movie 
for entertainment purposes and not. I wasn't entertained by that. Yeah, to me, (laughs) what a nitpicky thing. No, but to me, when you do shit like that, that doesn't make any fucking logical sense. It takes my like suspension of disbelief out of it. You know what I mean? Like weird little dumb shit will ruin things for me. I don't know. It's probably like some sort of a mental disorder that I have, but whatever. It is what it is. Tell me, Greg, what was your favorite scene? Well, John, my favorite scene, I'm going to base on how laugh or how laugh I hearted at, uh, how hard I laughed at. I laughed so hard at the driving the wrong way on the highway and the look over to John Candy and he's dressed as Satan. And then there's also a clip of Steve Martin and he's a skeleton. All that entire scene floored me. I fucking had a great time watching it. It was hilarious. Really well Uh, done. So, Jason, what was your favorite scene, bub? This is the first time you watched this movie. What a great treasure. Oh, yeah, man. I didn't know it was your first time. I'm really happy. Thanks for doing this. I honestly think that it's probably the scene when they're, when he's at the counter cussing out the, the, the woman. Something like I think that was one of the few scenes that I knew about coming into it. So I kind of actually already had a little bit of an expectation or something for that scene. And... I thought it was kind of funny, and knowing that it meant that much to him made it more funny. So the fact that Steve Martin wasn't going to do this without that scene, I thought that was kind of like interesting little little thing, because I'd do any movie, regardless of what scenes that they're putting in there. So let's... <laughs> Jono, what's your favorite scene, Bubby? My favorite scene, I already talked about it, was when John Candy was selling the curtain rings at the station. Oh, and I know he had to be improv those lines. I didn't mean to sound like he had to be improving those lines. I like that whole thing too, because if you notice some of the waitresses in the diner that they're eating at, they're wearing yeah. shower curtains as their earrings. So I thought that was fucking great. John Candy was a comic genius. Gone way too soon. Love way too soon. A lot of his movies. I remember his cartoon, Camp Candy. What is the thing about kind of portly comedians getting cartoons? Talked about uh, Louis and where's oh, my yeah. cartoon? I thought you were going to say what's up with portly comedians dying, and I was going to say That makes sense. No, I I don't have any questions about that. (laughs) I'm not a doctor, but I know some things. All all of the booger sugar in the world couldn't keep those guys alive. Right. Did you guys watch on Paramount Plus? Yes. No. Did you notice, Jason, when you looked at the thumbnail for it, it looked like a Christmas movie? It does have that. It does present. It's got like a candy cane and snow, and you're just like, this is not a Christmas movie. Yeah. I respect that they went with Thanksgiving. Selling a Thanksgiving movie is not as easy as selling a Christmas movie. They're trying to spin it as, oh, let's play Christmas movie roulette. And they're going to spin the wheel and it lands on this. And it's like, oh, surprise, it's a Thanksgiving movie. (laughs) Got him. Gobble, gobble, bitch. Nice. (laughs) John, how many times have you seen this movie? Not a ton for how long it's been out. Probably like three or four. You were alive when for its release, correct? Yeah, I didn't like I said I didn't see it until close to adulthood. I think I was like a junior or senior in high school. But yes, I was alive in 87. Didn't really go to the theater too much. No, I didn't see this one much later. I don't even think I had heard about it. There's actually some John Candy movies that I haven't seen that I know I need to. Like yeah, Great like, Outdoors, I never saw that. And I've I've only seen few bits of it. I've got to be good. It. It's got to be good. It's Dan Aykroyd. I didn't- Freaking John Candy. 
same with Uncle Buck. Like I've not seen the whole oh, thing. Oh, it's so good. Makes All sense. I know from it is that that episode of Scrubs where he's trying to make Mandy more laugh. Like, oh my gosh, look at the size of that pancake. That's so funny. <laughs> I really dig Candy. I actually really like his later stuff, like Wagons East. I thought was really funny. Canadian Bacon's really funny. Good stuff. Does that have Kevin Bacon in it? Surprisingly not. Nah, I'm out. What's the most recent road trip movie that we could compare? Due date? Is that it? Or is there anything like more recent than that? I definitely think Sex Drive came out after Due Date. Really? Uh, Isn't Hangover 3 a road movie? Kind of. It's actually more... Like, I give Hangover 3 credit for changing the story, at least. Hangover 2 is just the same thing in Thailand, but Hangover 3 has a different thing all the way. Is Miss March? Oh, well, Miss sex, March is sex Drive was 2008. Miss March is road trip, you're right. Miss March. That's 2009, so that's a year before. Due date, sorry. I mean, I'm sure there is definitely some, right? There has to be. We're just not thinking about it right now. But those ones that we can really think of that have came out after this movie are still great. Like Euro Trip is one of the best comedies, I think, that have came out within the last 25, 30 years. Yes, you know, Euro Trip was really funny. Euro Trip is highly underrated, in my opinion. Because not a lot of people know about that movie. Well, you and I are close in age, right, Jason? Yeah. You're I'm 32, you're 33, 34. I'll be 33 in a couple of days. Oh, oh. I didn't know that heard on the 20th oh, uh, you're a pre-turkey uh, baby oh wait, wait 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 20th of next month sorry i thought oh we you butt duck oh my god oh, you don't even know what Fuck month off. it is i don't, well, don't I'm, he's all about now the santa fetish makes way more sense 100 percent. yeah um, it was either going to be a jesus thing or a santa thing and you went with the pagan stuff but I think a lot of people in our generation, Jason, know exactly what Eurotrip is. There are some people that I feel like know about Eurotrip, but I don't feel like it's as widely known about as even like Road Trip is, I think. Sure. And I think to me, Road Trip's funny, but I think Eurotrip's way funny. So Miscuzzi, I just thought of it. Miscuzzi. That that scene. Fred Armisen. So funny, dude. It's funny. For 2015 story. Vacation came out. The reboot. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Or, or yeah. Uh, what's that other road movie with Jennifer Aniston? We're the Millers. Yeah. That was really funny. That came out before for sure. I actually thought the new Vacation wasn't bad. Yeah. I'm not. I, I refused to have seen it. So I, I, I thought it was. Eh, it was is that it your was, official? It's, it's meant out of what? It's meant out of I really liked Vacation. <laughs> sure. That's a good rating. I like it. <laughs> John, actually, because I think that you would be the best person to ask this. At what point, <laughs> if you were Steve Martin's character, at what point would you have had ejected yourself from the scenario with John Candy and went rogue? Like, because Steve uh. Martin does put up with an, an entirely a lot. And Jason, same question to you. So if pretend you're Steve Martin, would you eject yourself from this prior to being empathetic and then inviting him over to your house for Thanksgiving. Now, mind you, we have to go with the same technology available at that time. Right. Yes, just imagine for a fucking <clears throat> fact that the only technological advance at the time is a goddamn Etch-A-Sketch, Jason, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, they're stuck in, so they're stuck in Wichita, right, Kansas? 
Well, they went for yeah, yeah, yeah. They're stuck in Wichita from New York. So from New yeah. York, they they get derailed to Wichita trying to get to Chicago. I mean, that makes total sense that hotels would be booked up. I will say if I walked into a room with a stranger and it was a one double bed, hardly a double, maybe just a full. I'd have some reservations, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I'd get out of that situation without a car and everything like that. I, I don't know. I think once all my money was gone, I mean, I could get to a phone. Then they, they had Western Union then for like cash wiring and all that stuff. So Did I would have Western Union then. Yeah, Western Union. Yeah, for sure. Western was. Yeah. Remember since Back to the Future Two? He holds a Western Union telegram. So yeah, they've been around since like okay. Okay. yeah, prospector days. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So I'd probably try to do something like that. Yeah, I got to say, given that knowledge, I think that that's probably I would probably have bailed a lot sooner. But at the same time, I'm also a fucking obnoxiously peaceful person. So I you're just going to say obnoxious. And I was going to be like, yeah, dude, you are like if, if I had like if I was traveling and like functioning like I normally am and if I had my cannabis with me and I was able to smoke throughout the whole time period I wouldn't get in and I was I wouldn't get as frustrated and I'd probably be along the ride for a stupid amount of time but if it was not that case I would get frustrated way quick and I would be out of there in a hot minute it would be like as soon as I don't even think that I would have gotten to a point where I would have get, gotten in the car or anything with him specifically, like, or gone to the hotel with him specifically, I would have been like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm calling Western Union. I don't give a fuck if I got to be up on coffee all night or whatever it is to get my money to get to whatever the next step is or whatever. I'd be, I'd be gone because I don't, I don't deal with frustration very well. So, yeah, that makes sense. I think. If I would have been at the airport, and I'm pretty sure airports at least used to have Western unions as well. Like that was a big thing to have in an airport. I probably, well, remember Steve Martin didn't lose his money at the well, airport he didn't anyway. Lose his money until the hotel. I think yeah. I would have been gone. I think had I gotten to the hotel and there would have been that double bed there. And if that would have been my only option, I think I would have just been like, nah, fuck it. I'm yeah. staying up all night or we'll sleep in shifts or something like to that degree, yeah. probably, because I don't think it's not it's it has nothing to do with sharing a bed with a dude. It's just the stranger aspect. Yes. Like it's going to it touch my butthole. If, if it's one of the two of you, like and we're stranded someplace or whatever, and I already know the two of you. Yeah. Your little spoon on Big Spoon. I get it. Right, whatever. A hundred percent. We're you know, we're. My mind's telling me no, you know what I mean? But whatever. <laughs> a paddle reference. I love it. <laughs> uh, but it's just that one, that situation. I think I don't, I don't do well in stranger situations too. Stranger like, danger. It's just like, I like people overall for the most part. I genuinely do find that most people are pretty enjoyable when you get to know them. But I also like, I'm not a huge fan of getting to know people all the time. Yeah. I don't even know if I would have made it to the hotel. You know, the movie would have been pretty boring with me. Yeah, I saw that guy laying next to a trash can. But it's like, I just met you and I also don't like you. Yeah, so, you stole my cab. Like, you yeah. cost me $100. Like, I kind of, yeah, I'm good. Like, any of the other right. people in the, ho in the area, sure, I could meet a new stranger. Yeah, but a person that I already have a good reason to not like, I'm kind of good on that. Right. 
So I would have maybe <laughs> grabbed some money via Western Union or again, he already had money. What do you say at like seven hundred, six hundred dollars or something as well? Yeah, like like, that was crazy. Bucks. You know, all the cash they would just have on them. But that makes sense when you're traveling like that. That was accurate for the time. Unless they would have used American Express Travelers checks. Yeah, that eventually yeah. turned into Shrinky Dinks by the <laughs> middle of the movie. If I ask myself the same question, I wouldn't have never gotten... Wouldn't have never. <laughs> wouldn't had ever, never gotten <laughs> and, and shared a ride in the cab with the dude from Happy Gilmore. I would have stayed at the airport. I would have waited it out. Um, again, guy from Billy Madison, for the record, not Happy Gilmore. I meant Billy Madison. I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry doesn't put the Trisker crackers in my stomach, does it, Carl? Yeah. <laughs> he did this real squirrely, like. <laughs> so, but no, it's it's the same thing with with Home Alone too. Like I would have just waited at the airport, you know, and and got the whole flight back because in the movie, if if you pay attention, they say that they're cleaning up the airport and it's all safe to live. so they would have made it back to Chicago way before they did. I know we're not talking about Home Alone, but my thing, you know, he gets that heartwarming moment with his mom, but then the rest of the family comes in seconds after her. How'd you get here? We waited for the flight that you didn't. So all of that work that she did was for nothing. Right. And, and speaking of that, too, I thought when Steve Martin knocks on the door and his little girl answers, first of all, why the fuck are you knocking on the door to your own house? Fine, I get it. I'll disbelief the whole thing of like, he wanted a surprise. Like, oh, my daddy's at the door. I had no idea. But then why is the entire abode at the walkway and the foyer of the entire house once that door has been opened? Like, they were just planted there as for some weird director. And then, yeah. on top of that, which is already quite unrealistic, his middle-aged wife is prom ready coming down the stairs like i thought like kiss me was yeah i thought kiss me was gonna start playing kiss me yeah <laughs> and now i will say that was good acting on their part because obviously but, they love each other and, and that was that was heartwarming but i agree that that was like a little contrived the way that they did it too like because she starts tearing up and shit calm you didn't down earn enough you didn't earn enough character time yeah, Dude, you didn't. You well, didn't earn a crying. She was crying because she character. thought that she that he wasn't gonna make it. She wasn't crying that he was there. She was crying that just, he, we get it. I'm just oh, saying, yeah. but it that was like eh, it's they, Thanksgiving. They, yeah, like who gives a? It's yeah. I mean, my yeah. wife cries when I get home too, but it's for a different reason. I well, get it. Yeah, <laughs> that's because she has to go back in the cage. But uh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Unless you're talking about the metaphorical cage that is this marriage. Yes, that's what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, the handcuffs are, are the ring on the finger of your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, Jason, what do you rate this movie as? The first time viewer of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I'd give it like a seven, I think. Cool. Greg. I was say, yeah, good talk. Um <laughs> Give it a seven. Drops mic, walks away, closes the laptop. That's house on fire. Plugs fucking microphone, throws headphones on the co rack. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow the background disappears and he's off a cliff and just jumps. You know, just try to do a little bit better than what Jason did. I thought that 
you know, this movie, like I, I had mentioned before, it really opened my eyes to what we're missing nowadays in comedy movies. And as much as I love today's comedy movies, they're missing that one aspect of like not having to try too hard. And that's exactly what it's been going on. I loved all the actors and actresses and the storyline and how original it really was at the time. With that, I give the movie an eight out of ten. Yeah, I okay. think. John, I, go ahead. John, don't ever John? silence me. John, hold on one second. John Cormany, are you there? I'm here. Yeah, how about your rating, Bubby? What do you got? My rating is the exact same as Greg's. It's eight out of ten. I think this is classic Hughes mixed with a little more risque stuff. Obviously, with the scene in question that made it a rated R. I know he's written and done rated R stuff before. I mean, he loves writing travel movies, right? I mean, not everything he did was travel related, but there's there's always like a lot of travel in his movies. And I think that's great because the world was such a, a bigger place when he used to write this stuff. And I do agree with Jason talking about how like a lot of this stuff would be solved with modern technology. Not all of it, but a lot. But the jokes land, the characters land. These are two of comedy's best actors of all time and they nail their parts and you know as i gotten older i'm i'm a sucker for the heartwarming stuff i think that's because as i get older and fatter my heart gets warm really fast and sometimes i feel pain in my left side and i don't that's know what cholesterol that. build up buddy yeah no, well, i thought that was that love no you'll get love. through it don't worry yeah yeah, yeah. just eat love. an avocado once in a while you'll be fine mm. maybe two avocados Eat no, an avocado and watch a heartwarming. One at a time, okay? I don't want you to choke on the seeds, okay? <laughs> yeah, take maybe small bites. But anyway, yeah. Eight out of ten. Great movie. Belongs in the echelon of Thanksgiving movies. Because of this day and age where we are remaking everything under the goddamn sun, if you had the choice to remake this movie as a current movie with, yes, Jason, the fucking everything to date 2022 version of this movie you know we're saying like phones are dead whatever you know the calamity that is the calamity that is the calamity who do you cast as the two leads nowadays i think robert downey jr would be a really good pick for steve martin's character obviously he was in due date right i was gonna say you cannot pick zach galifianakis or Arnold. no i wasn't gonna pick galifianakis or <laughs> the other one gonna pick louis anderson and since he's gone i figured i'd be the best part i would cast you 100 percent, john honestly it would probably be like if i could just quick cast somebody to make a fuck ton of money i'm casting the rock and kevin hart probably i would actually cast craig robinson and jay brashaw oh that's wonderful who is jay brashaw you know jay you know jay brashaw he was in knocked up he's the he's lead, out of my league he's the lead vocal in how to train your dragon i was about to say how i met your dragon how oh, i met your, okay. how i met your mother's dragon how <laughs> I met your mother's dragon well that's gonna do it here for planes trains and automobiles thanks so much for listening today this is a classic you gotta go check this out we'll see you next time thanks for listening thank you so much guys we'll see you later Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.